Welcome to SKUcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs in the promotional products industry. SKUcast shines a light on our industry's best work, features maverick personalities, and discusses what's really involved in running a modern promotional products business. SKUcast is the official podcast of Common SKU. I think we're potentially on the verge of um, what I would describe as a step function change. Uh, when you look at you know these these big leaps that have happened um, in the past, I think back to that's the voice of Catherine Graham, co-founder and CEO of CommonSkew. And today, we and when I say we, I don't mean we as in CommonSkew, but we as in the community have reached a monumental milestone, hitting one billion in network volume sales. Many of you know the story. CommonSkew was founded by Mark and Catherine in 2011 and was built with a mission to connect the promotional products industry with world-class business management software, a passion that was born out of their experience scaling their former distributorship, Rightsleeve. Since that time, the CommonSkew network grew from about a handful of progressive entrepreneurs to some of the largest distributors in the industry, including many on the top 40 list of distributors. Today, I sit down with Mark and Catherine as we explore what this means to our industry as a whole, as well as to the CommonSkew community, and what it signals that's happening in the market. We talk about the future client, the modern business, and the entrepreneur of tomorrow. Two quick notes about two events. The first one is called Community Meetups. We're taking live interviews featuring insightful talks by the most streetwise entrepreneurs and mashing those up with a community hang and micro learning lab. Our next meetup is next Wednesday, April 21st, on the subject of marketing, and I'll be interviewing Kelly Burned with INM Marketing Group. Bring your team. You can register at commonskew.com slash community meetups. And the second event I want to mention, it was just announced, and it's in partnership with our friends at Gemline. Together, we're hosting an exclusive conversation with Brian Pape, founder of Mir, on how to build a brand with purpose on April 29th from 12 to 1 p.m. ET. Brian represents a new era of entrepreneurs, those who want to build not just great businesses, but great businesses who invest in great communities and a greater world. When Brian founded Mir, he knew he wanted to build more than another drinkware company. Today, Mir has given over a million toward clean water, a healthy environment, and stronger community initiatives. Join us as we chat with Brian about what it takes to build a brand with purpose. Every attendee will receive a How to Build a Brand with Purpose guide, and 100 lucky attendees will be selected to receive a personalized mirror vacuum-insulated camp cup, courtesy of Gemline. You can learn more and register at commonskew.com slash webinar. And now here's my conversation with Catherine and Mark. Catherine and Mark, one billion in sales. Anytime I see a number like that, I'm curious what that signals in the market and what's happening in the industry as a whole and what's happening to distributors and suppliers specifically in their own businesses. Catherine, what do you think this new mile marker signals in the market and what's happening? I think to me it's um it's a recognition on the part of the of distributors, you know, in the industry that technology has become kind of a core foundational part of the the ability for a distributor to succeed kind of in this business and 
obviously that's been you know, massively accelerated uh, over this past year as there's been you know such disruption around you know working remote and you know, needing to have access to information in the cloud um, the rapid acceleration in adoption of e-commerce and kind of all the underlying trends that are going on um, from that perspective that I think it's it's really kind of reached a turning point within the industry um, just of the of the recognition that you can't keep doing things the way that we always have done that if we're going to be able to to take advantage of all these these changes that you know this past year has wrought that the that technology plays a critical role in that going forward so to me it's a reflection um, of of that belief mark reflecting back to almost 10 years ago when we when we launched common skew at the time to 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 consider this question about the state of the market bobby is that at the time there was uh i think there was a lot of reluctance to change systems there was a lot of re- a lot of reluctance to embrace technology because of the of the threat i think it represented with change and sure we were a new platform in the industry so there's i think there's that too but what we've seen over the last just handful of years is how the customer has almost completely changed from what the kind of customer that we uh that we saw in 2001 or sorry 2011 i should say (laughs) uh and 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 i think that that supports what catherine was saying that this is really sure that this is a great mile marker and a great milestone for common skew. And we're all very, very proud of the team and our, all of our distributor colleagues in the industry. But I think that this is really exciting for the future of the promotional products industry and medium. But now this is showing this accelerated, this accelerated embrace of technology which means that our industry is going to show up more efficiently, is going to show up more creatively, and is just going to show up better as it pertains to addressing the needs of end clients and also addressing the needs of the distributor-supplier partnership. And when all of that is dramatically improved and the inefficiencies and the busy work is taken out of that, that, that's incredible for our industry and incredible for the future of our industry. What I, I hope is also indicative of is a new focus on or a new new perspective on people's valuing how does people value their time? And yeah. if you look at the I think historically, this I mean this is an industry that has no barriers to entry in terms of you know capital investment or any of that up front. Mm-hmm. And so when a lot of people get going um, initially with uh, you know um, in setting up a distributorship that, they just do, you know, duct tape and band aids in terms of, you know, whatever it, whatever it takes to, to, uh, to get things off the ground, to get orders out the door, to, you know, to be able to make that kind of hustle happen, and then they just start to kind of you know, grow on top of that and don't look at the underlying infrastructure and what the overall cost is of having people continue to operate with duct tape and band aids. And I think this viewpoint of, oh, well, you know, it just if I have to rekey this from one system to another, like that's no problem. It's only my time, without recognizing that that time could be far better spent on being able to come up with amazing solutions for a client or more kind of value add um, thoughts that they could bring to the table um, to, to a client relationship. 
And so what I hope this, you know, this milestone kind of signals that people are starting to recognize that technology can play, you know, such a key role in being able to, to free up their time, that there is a huge opportunity cost of them spending time on, as Mark said, the busy work of all the, the admin kind of behind the scenes yeah. that um, having, you know, a fully integrated connected workflow solves for you. I think it's another interesting observation is that, uh, and this is a general comment, that 10 years ago when we were starting this, there were a number of pockets of the industry that viewed technology as a threat to the sales profession. And what do I mean by threat? So I talked about the threat of change and the fear of change. So that's one way. I think another threat is this this uh, um, concept of uh, a CRM represents extra work, extra busy work, so to speak, for the salesperson right. that they now have to go and do additional work. So that, that that was certainly a strike against technology. And I think the third thing is that a lot of salespeople um, would have seen technology at the time as a potential threat to supplanting the relationships that they had with their customers. And that has completely evolved in such a way where the majority of our, I think a, a lot more people in the industry and certainly those that are on the CommonSkew platform see technology as an enabler of all of those things, uh, particularly the relationships, because yeah. that's what this business is really built upon, right? And it's not replacing the salesperson. It's not replacing that human interaction. If anything, it's augmenting augmenting the ability for the salesperson to build enduring, long-lasting, efficient relationships with their customers. 10 years ago, that thinking was, was, I would say, more in the minority in this industry. And that's very, very exciting, Yeah. Uh, not only for our prospects as a company, but I think for all of the distributors and suppliers in this industry that now have seen how technology has enhanced those relationships, particularly in the last 12 months. You think about without technology, what ability would you have had to nurture and develop relationships with your customers? Uh, you would have been, you would have been in a lot of trouble without, without technology, not just common skew, but to think about all the great technology that is available uh, for, for, for distributors. What do you think this means for the future of our business? Now that we have more and more folks who have focused on reducing the complexity around their operations, what do you think it signals, particularly given this past year where branded merchandise has received this elevated opinion about what it can do for brands? What do you think this signals going forward? I think what you end up with is you have an industry that has uh, invested in itself. It's invested in its foundational layer to allow it to show up in a more efficient, more productive, more profitable, and more creative way. I think we're yeah. potentially on the verge of um, what I would describe as a step function change. Uh, when you look at you know these these big leaps that have happened um, in the past, I think back to when Mark uh, first started, you know, Rightsly back in 2001, the, uh, or 2000, whatever the date was, that um, there were t times he would be, you know, 
driving around going and picking up, you know, blank shirts and driving them to the screen <laughs> right. printer or picking them up from the screen printer and driving them to the client right. to make sure they got there because you didn't have kind of the transparency and visibility that you have now in terms of just yeah. ease of access to courier information, like tracking IDs. And you think about that kind of step function change that happened, you know, in those days when all of a sudden that information was so much easier to access and it was visible to all and could be shared with the client. And so all of a sudden you had, okay, the confidence yeah. that the package was delivered. And I think that that same kind of step function is potentially changing now with connected workflow. And you think about a lot of the challenges this industry has had around, you know, whether it's confidence in an order going out or having it, you know, call 10 times to follow up on where an order is at um, because there isn't this visibility and trust in what's happening kind of while uh, during the course of production. And all of a sudden when you have visibility into what's going on, and you can let go of the fact that you don't have to call 10 times. You can just see what's happening, that the amount of time that frees up to spend somewhere else and what it is that that enables you to bring in terms of, you know, A, again, value to the client, but also B, in terms of being able to expand the pie as far as the what, what other kind of solutions can you bring to the client? What other problems can you solve um, that takes budget potentially from somewhere else or invents budget where it didn't exist before? Um, that all those things are only possible because of the fact that you've got your time freed up to be able to focus focus on that. So if you look, you know, at, at whether it's, yeah. you know, stuff like like the basic thing like shipping or whether it's like being able to send, you know, artwork as a digital file instead of you know, camera ready, like all, all the way that, you know, things have, have had these kind of step function changes over the years that I think that there's possible for this one to be the biggest one of all as we, as we move into this next phase of technology yeah. adoption. I think that's a really good point, particularly because the client, the client has changed and they're demanding more and more from their distributor partners. They're demanding they know more about the client. They're demanding um, a higher return on their investment with what they do. And their perception of what we do has grown even more. You could look at, um, like you were talking about in our distributor days, that you could argue that 70, 80% of your energy was spent around operational inefficiencies um, with, within the business. From, and I look at the team that we had of 20 to 30 and I look at how many folks we had in our order processing department, so to speak. It now feels very archaic looking back, uh, particularly yeah. over this past year um, where we saw on the sales side, the digital engagement grow exponentially. So you had this operational inefficiencies over here that many people have worked really hard to fix. And then you had this sales accelerant going on with digital. And so over, over the past, it, it really feels like now that I look back, what was only three or four years ago feels like 20 years ago, looking back on some of those operational tasks and some of those operational inefficiencies. Well, you also have this you know, forcing function that the client is bringing to the table you know, where they want more transparency. They're used to getting, right. you know, an immediate confirmation from Amazon that my order is shipped and being able to know, right. you know exactly where it is along the trajectory and, you know, which, you know, which uh, shipping warehouse is it checked into next and, and, yeah. you know, why, why should they not be able to have that kind of visibility into their own orders? So yeah. I think that the, just this overall kind of expectation um, that, that the client is forcing upon us that, you know, connected workflow is enabling in terms of how it is that we work with our suppliers um, that you know, all of these things kind of open up um, such an interesting opportunity for those in the industry who are willing to embrace it. Yeah. Speak to me as a business owner moving forward, because I, I agree with you. I think this is probably the biggest leap our industry could make and is making 
for the future. But what do you think as a leader, the two or three things I should be focusing on in the next 12 months to three years in our business to take advantage and capitalize on this opportunity, this very unique opportunity? Mark? So we are just emerging from this very unusual year where most of the world has been locked down. People are working from home. Budgets have been constrained for promotional products. And we are at a point right now, given the state of vaccinations, where the world is is opening up. And let's hope, fingers crossed, that by the end of this year, 2021, that will be more or less back to, to normal. Uh, so that's a, that's an optimistic prediction. With that, we are going to see, I think with, with certainty, an absolutely unbelievable spike in demand that our industry has ever seen. I don't think we've ever seen anything like this, or I don't think that what, what will happen in the next six to 12 months um, is, absolutely un, uh, is, uh, is absolutely unprecedented in our industry. And so if your ship is not in order from the ability to deal with this fire hose of demand, if your systems are not in place, if you don't have an efficient way to process orders and to interact with suppliers and to interact as a team and to interact with this, as you say, Bobby, a, a, a new end client that is now coming in. So think of this end client. They come in, they're picky. They have high expectations. They're now digitally native. Our end clients have also had their butts kicked in the last 12 months in terms of adoption of technology and how their organizations have evolved. And they've got money to spend. And our, and our medium has been validated this past year with all of these incredible success stories that have been shared about the respectability of promotional products. So to me, I feel this is a once in a generation demand opportunity that yeah. we're going to experience. And if you're not ready for that and not ready to, to interact in this promotional products industry 2.0 environment, then I think that that those are the people who are going to be truly left behind. They're not going to be able to keep up. And I think that that's a good thing in terms of the demand issue, but we're going to see a lot of supply chain challenges. And I think those that are locked in with good technology infrastructures are the ones that are going to take the lion's share of those sales and the lion's share of that growth as our industry continues to expand. So my advice after all of that is have your ship in order, hang on, and good luck to you. <laughs> Catherine, how about you? I think yeah, we we've spoken about this before, but I think the you know this this notion of the the clients um, toolkit that they've historically used having been completely upended this year, yeah. and to me, just the, the the opportunity that comes with that is so enormous that you have this blank slate ahead of you as clients are trying to figure out you know how to use budgets, how to achieve their objectives, and that that uh, represents just this wide open opportunity for um, for salespeople to be go in to go in and be having these kind of conversations um, with their clients to be reorienting how they think about product and to be bringing all these amazing solutions for. There's been so much learning over this past year, you know, whether it's drop shipping to 500 addresses of totally custom amazing kits or you know utilizing shops or various you know ways yeah. in which people have engaged with clients in a totally different way that I think it's just this incredible opportunity so go out and get it 
my advice. <laughs> One of the things I would in, I would encourage, and I'm speaking to distributors who have already focused on their operational efficiency. So they've already gotten to a point. Many of these are common SKU customers who have already, you know, really put in the energy and time around operational efficiencies. I think moving forward that they really need to focus on um, the sales process and reevaluate the sales process moving forward. That's the thing I think that is, is going to make the difference between whether I incrementally grow with the business that's coming with this spike that we potentially could see and whether I grow exponentially beyond that. I think it's going to have a lot to do with the sales process. Um, I, again, I think folks have elevated their businesses by focusing on their operations. And now I think really doubling down on their sales process and making sure what we saw over this past year was this incredible efficiencies around the selling process because of digital. We were reluctant to embrace those before the pandemic. Now we were forced to embrace digital efficiencies with the sales process. Now we go look, look forward and say, what parts of the sales process did that replace that are far more efficient moving forward? And what now do we need to do to empower our sales team to be more consultative? And I think once we do that, because a market that's already ready to buy and ready to buy in a more sophisticated, sophisticated way that meets a sophisticated sales force. It's just going to grow beyond their wildest imaginations. That's what I think. I think what's what's super exciting about that when I look at the you know the fact that common SKU distributors grow you know on average twenty percent and we'll we'll set you know this past year you know, aside given that experience <laughs> was wildly different in you know on on both sides right. of the equation. Um, but the but if that has been you know the the historical experience and then if you layer in improvements in sales process and all these other kind of efficiencies that Connect Workflow brings to the table on top of all that, that what does that then translate into in terms of the potential for these companies to grow in addition to that? And I think that is incredibly exciting. I think, Catherine, what you mentioned there, it's 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 almost the climate that we had when we launched Common SKU Sessions and we did our four-city tour and it was in 2019 and the state of the market was incredibly buoyant. Uh, the industry was growing. Everyone was in a good, good state of mind. And we were coming in and advising on sales tactics in a market, in a bull market when things were, were going really, really well. And, right. and it's, it's interesting to reflect that we may not be in that bull market right now, but it's one that we anticipate in the next three to six to nine months. I think the difference back then too, was that we were trying to capture more of what was already a bull market. And the difference moving forward is going to be, again, meeting this sophisticated buyer with higher expectations um, with a sophisticated sales force. It's just going to exponentially grow our businesses. Mark, you had a question you were going to ask. Well, I wanted to get Catherine's perspective on the what this billion-dollar milestone represents for the supplier. We've talked a lot about the distributor and client partnership and how technology uh, really brings that relationship to the next level and the distributor's ability to grow sales. But I, I'm, I'm, I know that you spend a lot of time thinking about the supply chain partners that are providing these products and they're the ones that are interacting day-to-day -day with distributors. What does this milestone mean for our supplier partners? Uh, you know, 
going back to you know just this this notion of of connected workflow that the more volume that we can get going through in a touchless integrated you know seamlessly connected way then the more suppliers have time to be able to to spend time working strategically you know with their distributor partners and that's a huge part of the vision of what it is that we're trying to accomplish is to make it as easy as possible to do business so that suppliers and distributors can work more strategically and allow them to spend that time kind of on those value add components. So the more that is going through kind of a connected channel, I think the more that realizes upon that vision. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I, I agree with, with Catherine that I, I think that we've spent a lot of time speaking about how the distributor is able to ring out inefficiencies in their systems. We spend a lot of time about that. So a salesperson is able to go and interact with an end client more efficiently because of technology. And as a result, that's going to free them up to be more creative and strategic. And so the industry narrative is, is overwhelmingly on the distributor to end client side. And very little time and attention is actually spent about the supplier's day-to-day reality. I think a lot of suppliers probably have just thrown up their hands and said, well, we receiving uh, incomplete and inefficient purchase orders from 7,500 different uh, uh, ways is just the reality for us. And, And I think the reality is that that's changing. And to Catherine's point, when we talk about a billion dollars of network sales, and you think about the volume of purchase orders that represents, that now represents yeah. a tremendous opportunity for suppliers to be to, to ring out operational efficiencies on their end, which is great for their bottom lines. But it also means that staff that were at one point uh, dealing with suppliers and their incomplete purchase orders are now able to be redeployed into higher value-added tasks that make dealing with that supplier that much more efficient. I'll give an interesting example. We, we had, a, we had a, a, a distributor partner of ours make a comment about a supplier that they had not done business with on Common SKU for some time. I don't know, I'm not really sure what the reason was, but they hadn't done business with this particular supplier in a while. As soon as electronic purchase orders were made available with this particular supplier, the experience of working with that supplier and that distributor, or from the distributor's perspective, was completely changed. And they looked at that supplier through completely different lens. And now this business relationship that had been dormant for quite some time had now been completely rejuvenated and reanimated. And and why was that? It was the ability to submit a purchase order electronically and not have to call and follow up with that supplier. And then the supplier also making sure that they got the particular product out on time because they weren't having to deal, like the supplier has all sorts of issues they're dealing with on their end. It, maybe the purchase orders in the past have been incomplete. So I just think about that as a really interesting example because our supplier partners are truly the 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 foundation of this industry and without them we wouldn't have an industry and so i think yeah. to think about the their experience from a from an operational efficiency standpoint i think it's very very exciting as more technology not just common skew but more technology continues to streamline that experience i think back to the uh the, the very first meeting that took place at 
PPAI, um, you know, many years ago between a bunch of us technology nerds that became kind of the precursor of what the vision of promo standards, you know, was that, uh, you know, one of the, I remember clear as day, um, having a debate with one of the uh, CTOs of, of a larger supplier who was saying, well, you know, distributors can send us an order on the back of a cocktail napkin and we have to take it. It's like, why, <laughs> why, why do you have to take it? Like, why is that even Isn't possible? Isn't that like mailing in camera art? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. I thought, this is so crazy, you know, in a, in a situation where, where there should be this incredible, you know, democratization of software where even the smallest distributor, you know, should be able to have access to, to software that enables them to be able to yeah. interact in a way that's digital with the suppliers. So I think that, you know, when I mentioned before about this, you know, step function, you know, change that, that I think that's kind of the one of the biggest changes within this is that software used to be something that you had to spend a huge amount of money on, that it was super clunky and difficult to implement and ugly to look at, and and so therefore it was you know only accessible yeah. to very large companies, and that's just no longer the case. And the the advent of you know software yeah. as a service has completely changed that landscape. And so what that then brings to an industry yeah. that is comprised of a very wide range of sizes of businesses, that to be able to have uh, you know, a, a large proportion of the industry operating in a way that is far more integrated and efficient, I think that just improves the industry as a whole. I'm also not so sure those big ERP investments uh, really did any of those big companies any favors when you think about the huge amount of time uh, to implement uh, the continued nightmares and the massive cost. So- um, I know, I know that maybe we're a little bit biased, but I, I'm not entirely sure that the age of big company ERP systems um, are necessarily anything to celebrate. I don't think they've done our industry many favors. I want to ask one last question before I get to that. I want to mention this one thing. I think we have another, uh, we have a little window here of maybe three to four months. When you look at what happened with the jobs growth report over first quarter, and you saw this spike in jobs, you saw this spike in hospitality, you can see what's coming. There's there's this imminent profusion of business probably coming. And and I think we as business owners, entrepreneurs have a, a, a the last of a small window here to make sure we do have our ops efficiencies taken in order and our sales efficiencies in order. I think this is an interesting little window that we have that once we can tweak some of those things finally, then we can get ready for this next phase as we go further. Yeah. Let me ask one last question to you both and we can close on this. You are speaking to business owners and entrepreneurs just like you. Many of those are involved not just as dear members of the community that we love and the industry at large, but folks also look to you guys as founders of two successful businesses in the industry. And I know you're Canadian. You don't like to talk about these things, but I'm going to ask it anyways. How did you feel, Catherine, I'll start with you, uh, about hitting this $1 billion milestone when you look back at you joining uh, Right Sleeve when Mark was still hustling around blank shirts in the back of his vehicle? <laughs> It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. That, that was fortunately a short-lived window. I think it's before it was we the back of my oh, parents' okay. vehicle. Right. It was the back of my parents' minivan. It was. It was a great start. It was one I mean, panel this is, too. This, this is this is this is very encouraging. Um, as we look at your journey, what are your thoughts personally? Because a lot of folks, I'm asking the question. A lot of folks want to know. How do you guys feel about this? I feel like we're just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would like, answer okay, that way. Giddy up, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Mark, how about you? I, I mean, I, was, I, I think that we just I, we just spend a lot of time with our heads down, really focused on building a great product and a great customer experience and a great company to work at. And that requires a lot of focus, like head down time. And, and sometimes it's kind of nice to look up and go, wow, like look, look at what we've all accomplished together. And so there's, there's no question that I share Catherine's sentiments that this is, it feels like we're just getting started on, on this uh, incredibly exciting and long path that we're on. Um, But this is also an industry that likes to uh, measure itself with various milestones. And we looked at this and said, wow, this is, this is something that uh, very few people have achieved in, in this space. So to some extent that's validation. And um, we're, we're incredibly proud of the team that has helped drive this growth. And we're also incredibly proud of the distributor partners that we have that we have on the platform that continue to push us and that they're the ones that really need to really need to be celebrated here. I totally Um, agree. Totally, totally agree. And, and this is sure, you know, we started this and, but this is so much bigger than Catherine and myself. I mean, I remember exactly where we were when we started this business. It was just the two of us. Uh, And it was, it was just us then, but it's far surpassed us now. And, and that is really, really exciting as we, as we uh, continue to go down this path. Well, I mean, we, we've had the um, incredible privilege of being able to have a, you know, a bird's eye view into uh, the companies in our, in the community that have yeah. experienced this incredible growth. And there's just so many stories of, of people kind of going through these, you know, journeys of, of business growth that we've been able to watch. And I mean, that's what gets us up in the morning. Like I, that, that's yeah. one of my favorite parts of the day is when I get to talk to, you know, our, our distributors and, and hear what's going on, you know, in their businesses and, yep. and experience kind of the ups and downs. And that, that to me is kind of what, what ultimately drives, you know, all of this, a number is a number, but at the end yeah. of the day, people behind it that matter. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. And I wasn't planning on sharing this, but I shared it in the manager's meeting this morning. I was sat in, in a, in a meeting yesterday with the Whitestone branding and their team. And we talked about some of the challenges and the growth and opportunity that they have ahead. And, and I, and I reflected with the manager's meeting this morning, how exciting it is to be a part of someone's growth journey like that and to sit and witness that. And while at the same time helping is such a return on investment emotionally and intrinsically that you could just never achieve with just pure dollars. Uh, Mark and Catherine, thank you guys. And uh, I'll talk to you again when we hit the next billion dollar mark. You bet. Let's do it. (laughs) Thanks, Bobby. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of SKUcast. Be sure to keep up with our latest content by subscribing to SKUcast on iTunes or to our blog at community.commonskew.com. Until next time, friends, thanks so much for listening. Thank you.